everybody, welcome to All Stars. I'm Sal, it's Josh. We're talking about San Diego Comic-Con. We just got back. So far, no COVID. Yeah, no COVID. Oh man, look at you, you opened up with COVID. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, YouTube's like, demonetized. Well, San Diego Comic-Con and COVID, no. Um, yeah, no, no, knock on wood, no, uh, no COVID here. I only say it because last year I got it bad. And, oh, uh, really? Oh, okay. First and only time, and it just ruined me. Uh, oh, I, was, I, was, I was on my ass for three weeks. And uh, nobody wants to hear about it because they've heard about it for three years. So let's go. Oh, on. my God. Well, you and I, it's funny. Like, last year, you and I only ran each other really one time. Yes. And we walked the length of the hall together because I had to go to a meeting. Yep. This time, we had a plan. We, you and I were texting. Yep. We were like, we were, we were like, going to hang out. We might record something. I had this thing in my head. I was like, we should just, like, walk the floor together and, like, look at shit together. Oh, I love that. You nope. and I never <laughs> hung out. We never <laughs> hung out. We nope. we did talk a few times. We ran to each other and we talked a few times, but we never actually got to sit down, hang out, or like do what we were talking about doing. Because I even texted Joe, I was like, "Hey, let's actually like maybe record something and, and, exactly. and splice it in here, or whatever." And you were like, "I was thinking the same thing." Never happened. Never yeah. happened. Yeah. I remember one time I was uh, I was running away from somebody. I was avoiding somebody, <laughs> and uh, I was cutting through uh, probably one of my favorite places at oh, the, you know, Same. Don't say where it is. Keep it a secret. Exactly. Uh, no, it was a little too crowded this year, and I'm like, oh no, people are finding out. So they uh, found out. Well, years ago, Tom King and I, um, my my first name drop of the uh, recording. Uh, so Tom King and I, we were at this. Um, it was right after the button to come out. So it was back in 2017. They had just built that, and so we went there on Tuesday night, I think. So before anyone else got there, Tuesday night, nice. and we had drinks there. There was nobody there. And it was really oh. late. It was like right before closing. I mean, they literally closed like the shutters while we were there. Yeah. And we had tacos and we had drinks and we were just like, we were like, yeah, this is really great. They just built this. Man, man, this is gonna be like our secret hideaway. <laughs> there you go. And it's like, oh my God, I think every single person here knows about this place. But uh, yeah, so you and I ran into it there and that was probably the longest conversation we had. But yep. even that, I was like, I'm actually late. For something yeah, else. I have to go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I yeah. have to run now. Uh, but yeah, I like, I mean, this convention was crazy. Like I, I, I should have showed you my schedule before we got there and you would have seen yeah. how crazy it was where it was like every half hour to every hour was spoken for. Like every minute of every day I had something <laughs> going on eight in the morning until, oh. you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I, yeah. Oh, cause one point we were like, Oh, we'll hang out on this one night. Yeah after dinner and then i texted you at like 10 45 and i'm like we're literally just sitting after dinner yeah the text we and got uh, the initial text i think was like between seven and eight you're like dude i'm gonna get some dinner it's gonna be great and then i'm yeah. uh we'll, we'll meet afterwards i'm like sounds fantastic 10 50 you're like we just sat down to eat and i'm like yeah that's true one point um so i was having a meeting a, din a dinner meeting right which is we always have like everything is always like a dinner meeting Dude, uh, I didn't have anything to do with this show, and I had nothing but dinner meetings. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was so funny because I, I was, was laughing myself about this when you were like, "I'm just going to the show to have some fun. I'm not doing anything." But that is never a reality. Like you're no. always you get pulled into stuff. You have conversations big time. So I was having a dinner meeting, and uh, Scott Snyder was doing his um, like his class dinner, right? Like people from the yes Substack. for the uh, Substack, yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, can you can you show up? Would you like to come and hang out for a minute? And I was like, he had actually told me this a couple days before. He was like, would you mind coming and saying hi? And I was like, yeah, of course, but not until 10 o'clock. Hmm. I was like, I have I have a dinner meeting, and it'll probably end around 9.45. And I was like, oh, that restaurant is like a block away from where I'm having my dinner. So I'll, I'll totally make it. Awesome. And it was like 
you know, and then, you know, the dinner, my dinner ended and then I'm like on the streets of San Diego talking with people I had dinner with, you know, and that goes on forever. I look at my phone and it's like 10, 15. Oh. And I was like, their dinner was starting at eight. So I'm like, oh, they must be done. But I'm like, you know what? It's literally right there. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'll go. So I walk down there. And when I get there, it's a huge table of people. I mean, we're talking about it's got to be like 20, easily more than 20 people wow. at this gigantic table. And Scott's standing one in. So I go over to him and I start talking. And then I realize something. They're, and this is like 1030. Yeah. They are just now getting their food. Oh, my God. Their food is just not coming to the table. I'm like, they got there at eight. Yeah. And they're just not getting the food. I was like, oh, my God. So I talked to Scott for like 10, 15 minutes. And then I was like, dude, your food's going to get cold. Go eat. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yep. You got the cameo in, though. You got it in. <laughs> yeah, I got it in. But it's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. Uh, Yeah. With this con, it was just like every minute of every day, dude. And it was then what happens is, so so before I left, it got so bad that I had to pull out a whiteboard, like one of the mini whiteboards in my office. Yes. I had to pull out and map it out to make sure I was getting it correct. Like, totally. This is going here. This is going there. And I'm like, okay, I got this figured out. But then once you're there, you start getting texts from people that are like, do you have 15 minutes? It's like, like I always have 15 be, minutes. You know, yeah. What, what's that? I always have 15 minutes. And then it becomes yeah, well, an then hour. Up, And then it's like, oh, can you meet this? Can you meet that? And it's like, yeah. So actually one of the things that really kind of, I don't say bum me out about this convention. I, even with that, even with that, I still got home and realized how many people I did not see at the right. show that were <laughs> friends that I did not even see a blink of like Tom King, and he, Tom King and I saw each other on Thursday morning for breakfast, but then I saw him on Friday afternoon for like five minutes. <sighs> Never saw him again. <laughs> Never saw him again. He called me on Tuesday and he's like, dude, look what happened. And I'm like, I don't tell you. It's, it's Comic-Con man. Um, but then it was also like, I, then I started seeing these videos of people walking the floor. And I'm like, next year I have to spend like a dedicated three hours, like yeah. really, and be hard about it. Of like, let me just walk the floor and right. Look at, like, you know, when I was um, that way back in the day when I first started going, because I've been going since 1995. Like, I've gone to every single San Diego since 1995. So then I would find time. And then when I was having a small press table, you know, and I was just starting out breaking in and, and trying to make my own comic books. Yeah, I would get there at like seven in the morning. And because I had an exhibitor match, you can get in. Oh yeah, you get in early. Yeah, you just right. set up right. Exactly. So what I would do is, but the one of the rules is you're not allowed to walk around. Yeah, you can't like wait in lines and stuff. You can't stand. Yeah, it was announcement. I was there. Uh, yeah. Early, and I heard like there was an. They're like, please stop waiting in lines. There's no lines right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't be hanging out, right? But I just exactly. want to see stuff. Like exactly. that's a big part. I just want to see stuff. Like you, you want. You want to have a moment where you go. I don't even know if they did this this year. Like for a long time, Lego would always build some giant Lego yeah. of a DC character, and you just go look at it. Just be right. like, "That's cool." And I'm not, I'm not being shoved by like a million people at the same time. Exactly. This exactly. year, I didn't do that. So yeah, I used to do that. I would go in the morning and look at stuff. But so I haven't really done that in a while. So with this one, I was just like, "Man, I didn't get to go look at stuff." Like I never even saw the Marvel booth. I went by the Image booth and the Skybound booth. I never even saw the Lego booth, or I saw it from a distance, and I saw they did that cool like blockbuster thing. Yeah, yeah. Never, I never actually got to see it. So this was the year I didn't. I would say I literally only saw the path to the DC booth. Right. <laughs> and, and at one point, and this is actually the question, one of the things I was going to ask you about. Mm. So at one point, I got to the DC booth, and they were like, um, I got there like a half hour early, 
Um, oh no. Okay. So here's, here's, this was the mistake I made. So at this convention, this actually is my, my question for you. So at this convention, and I haven't done this in a while. Actually, that's not true. I think I do this every year. Uh, there are exclusives at the convention. Yes. There yes. are things that are at the convention that are cool that I want. And it's hard to do those things now because I can't wait in line for two hours. No, that's right. You have to like, like ask somebody to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the case. Sometimes it's like, you know, with the companies we work with, like, hey, you help me out. Or, and then there are times where it's like, hey, can I get back up with this? But the, the funny thing with this one in particular was all the stuff I wanted, no hookups. I had no, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I didn't know anybody. And uh, one of the things I wanted was uh, something was from Mondo. And mm. I used to have a Mondo hookup. You know, well, and, Mondo has been completely gutted now. So, well, so that's the thing, right? So here, here was what it was. So I actually found myself. I had a window of about forty-five minutes before a signing. I actually, I don't remember why. I think I was just like, "This is an actual window, and I can actually make it to the booth." Oh, was it night? Now I remember this. Yeah. Oh hmm. my god. I actually had a moment. So it was Wednesday. So Wednesday. Um, like I actually like things just worked out where it was like yeah. I have 45 minutes. I can see if this one thing, I actually it was like two things I wanted, but this one thing is available to get at the Mondo booth. And so I get in the convention center and I haul it to the Mondo booth and I get there and I'm like, what the hell? But here's the trick. I forgot that Mondo got bought by Funko. Right. So that means the Mondo booth, which is on, which was on this side of the convention oh, is now at the Funko booth, which is the exact opposite side <laughs> of the gigantic convention center. Yeah. So and that's going to take you 30 minutes to walk. Dude. I, well, I, because I know this convention so, so well, I actually know the path to take to get to where I gotta go faster, but it's nice. still like, you know, it's still like, yeah. oh, uh, you're in the car. so I got over there. What about the DC booth? And I was just like, Hey, I'll see you guys in a little bit. I have a mission. I got over there. There was a line. Mm -hmm. So I went around to the front and I was just like looking, looking, like, there it is. Okay. I say to a guy at Funko, I'm like, hey, I only want that. Is there a line I have to get? A specific line. I have to get right. one. And he was like, you'll be fine. We'll have plenty. Go get in the other line. Go get in this line over here. Uh -huh. I go, I get in the line. And then immediately, like, I get in line. I was like, happy. I'm like, this line's not bad. This, yeah. this, I could see this line moving in 30 minutes. If it doesn't, that's okay. I'm not exactly. going to make it. That's okay. So I get over there, get in line. So, you know, waiting. And then immediately somebody was like, yo, this line is capped. You cannot get in this line. They were, they were like, they, they were like, nope. And I was like, dude, you tell me what to do. Like, yeah. I have no. I, I'm not going like, to have a meltdown. Like, yeah, exactly. And then uh, one of the guys was like, they're doing it where um, every half hour to every hour they cap it until it starts to dilute and then they, they let people in. Okay. So I was like, okay, I will try. So then came back like an hour later, maybe an hour and a half later, and they were like, no, it's gone. Not, not that it's sold out. They were just like, we're not reopening the line. Uh, but it was something that was only available on Wednesday night. And so I was like, oh, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, and then immediately went on eBay and bought it. <laughs> like walking back for the thing, I was like, dude, all right, whatever. How much more is it? I guess that's the small price to pay when I have to wait in the line shirt. Boop. That's true. Uh, and it's actually supposed to arrive any minute. Oh, nice. What is <laughs> it? Oh, now I got to know. What the hell? You know what it is? I do. So what was something – I'm curious how much you know about Mondo, Mondo's exclusives, whatever, because I feel oh, like it's God. a very – if you, you know me, we talked about this. So oh, yeah. It's was it a hook thing? 
what was there a hook thing too was it a hook <laughs> no no dude it was a recreation of um spider-man 2099 number one it was a giant recreation of the cover and even has the foil on it no oh it's crap. even the foil. it's even oh, the foil. that's awesome yeah, I saw it. I saw it from a distance, and I was looking at it. And oh no, actually, I actually asked them. I was like, "Can I see it?" They they had bought it, and I was like, "Can I see it?" And they showed it, and I was like, "I have to have this thing. Yeah, I have to get it." And then awesome. they did one that was Jim Lee's like X Men Number Three cover. They did a couple mm-hmm. things. You're just like, dude, these are these are so cool. I have yeah. to I have to get one. So that was it. But then I um, the other thing I really wanted was the uh, Mattel made a Steven Spielberg toy. Yes, yes, I've seen it. Director it comes toy. with the director's chair and everything. Yeah. Yep, yep. Those are the two exclusives of the con. So was my question for you was, mm-hmm. those are the things that I got, like DC gave us, um, they made pins for us. Oh, cool. They made a, um, this is a Nightmare Stone from Night Terrors. And then they made a awesome. DC one. They made one that was like Dead Man and, ba- and Batman, but it's like Batman's Split. face is dripping as Dead Man underneath. Oh, um, they made those. And so like, I'm, I'm waiting to get those, but I was able to get at least the Nightmare Stone there to send me the rest, which is also yeah. super surreal whenever they do stuff. Whenever they make stuff based on stuff we've come up with, it's you always gotta have it. But yeah, also I'm like I have to have that. But that was my question for you. Did you were there any exclusives here or ever realistically but at this one that you were like, I have to have that? I mean, you know, I don't I'm not really plugged into that scene too deeply, but occasionally okay, so yes, there are there are exclusives, there are con exclusives that I have needed to have. This year, no, but normally okay. I do, which is uh my wife got way into well she got me way into uh star wars christmas ornaments dude yeah from hallmark and Mm -hmm. there's like this amazing window of time like they started out and they were like yeah they're from like 1997 2000 they're gonna look a little silly uh you know that's not harrison ford that's a potato in a stormtrooper suit whatever (laughs) but then for whatever reason they got some sculptor who just was like this is my passion and they were like like they made a Monodon. They made like so many incredible looking things. And I was like, every year I'm like, well, I'm going to have to have this. And so the tree has become this monument to like stuff that we love. So, you know, like mm, nice. uh, in, in 2017, they made this incredible Jaws uh, ornament where he's got three barrels embedded into him by Quint. And I'm yeah, like, I've got to have these. I have, I have two different Okay, two of the exact same Ecto ones, but one plays the song and the other one plays the sounds. <laughs> oh my god, no, I love this. I love like, all of them. Friggin' they made we, we love Lord of the Rings, like the movies and of course the books, but like mostly the movies. And like for the Hobbit, they released Gandalf the Grey. And it's like, well, I can just pretend this is from Lord of the Rings. I don't have to worry about the Hobbit. And uh so I got that. But it like for that came out like six years ago, and I'm like what is the matter with these guys? Like, where is the Lord of the Rings license? You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine like an entire tree where it's like, it's Treebeard, it's Gandalf, it's Saruman the White, it's, you know, uh, all the hobbits, like the ring, you know what I mean? They make these metal ones, a a one ring, are you kidding me? Come on. Uh, But this year they made a Legolas and I'm like, done. Uh, But the exclusives this year, there's almost always a Star Wars exclusive at con. And I missed the, my my white whale is, um, they did the bounty hunters at one point and the con exclusive for New York and San Diego. It's always both. It's always the same for both conventions. Mm, that's was, good that they do it twice at least. Exactly. You get another bite of the apple, but like uh, Zuckus and Forlom, uh, mm-hmm. who are two, it's a, it's a bounty hunter and his bounty hunter droid companion. I know what they are. Yeah. Okay. 
I wasn't sure how esoteric we're getting with it, but I really, really I have a those. I have a really funny story story to tell you sometime. Oh, great. I might tell it to you off off air, but yeah, okay. I have a funny story. Right, cool. Uh but I really want those. They're two hundred bucks on eBay. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Just Oh dude, I, let me tell you, like the the cause basically what you're paying for is at that point you're you're paying for missing did i have to wait in line <laughs> oh yeah yeah like well it, that was i i just missed it i just didn't know you know what i mean like i was oh, at that con yeah that's always the bummer seeing when them at the cons i was at and i'm like oh i just could have gone like, yeah dude that stuff always bums me out when you find out and actually that was what this one like image had image had a bunch of um exclusives this year that i missed out on and literally just didn't go to the booth yeah, like yeah. and i wanted to like I, I had this plan of attack and it's just like you know every once in a while you just you just miss stuff and it is a bummer when you find out like dude i could have gotten that or whatever you know when some companies have those windows where it's like online exclusives yeah and they're like ah, it, the ones that bum me out every once in a while is like this is available at 7 a.m like oh, and they send you the about. email at 701 oh and then you go and it's gone yeah after yeah. you're like dude what's happening why but yeah, um yeah like i uh way back in the day I, I remember one year i went i think this is like 2004 i went and i was living in san diego by then and nice. one year i went and i had two badges i had like a regular badge and i had an exhibitor badge and so because of that you could wait in line yeah <laughs> and i got so many exclusives and what i did was because i was that I was buying two. Right. You know? Um what's funny is almost all of that is gone. Like I sold all of it at this point. Wow. Uh well I thought I told you before I sold my collection and all that stuff. Yes. I actually do feel like you and I talked about before, I do feel like I will probably have some kind of collection purge in the next two years. Like I yes. feel like I do I will definitely do some kind of because there's everything that's in this room, but there's also stuff that I have in storage and you know it's like I will probably do some kind of trimming uh at some point in the next two years but yeah like i've definitely waited in line for some stuff i've definitely been like you know this is something i want to get and then it's funny because you do wait and you find out it wasn't as exclusive as you thought in some cases oh, that's the worst like, yeah it's everywhere later yeah um but yeah i i've i've been lucky that i've never waited in line and then had it sell out while i was in line oh i've never had that and i pray it never happens to me because well i hope I hope I can't speak and say either way. I would hope what the company does is every once in a while they they do a mental check of inventory and then they walk the line. Exactly, exactly. You know, That's usually, usually, with, we only cap the line when we've run out of inventory. That's yeah, they they recognize it. But what I you know it was really interesting with this one at San Diego. I kept hearing about how people were buying a lot of stuff, and I would see people walking with like bags and bags. Me too. No, up, I saw a know? dude. I saw a dude who was crossing the street. It was ten in the morning, and he had six bags. Like they're all on code, right? Like, they're all on code. They they were there was no there were a couple of DC bags because DC yeah. had these had these really and like, nice. They yeah. were exclusive, and he just he was like, "I won Comic Con." He's just walking across the street, like going wherever the hell he was going. I'm like, "Con just start." People are getting here for the first time right now, and you're already going you know, home. Yeah, well, because once you get your mission, yeah, you know what I mean. Like everyone has like their mission. I've had this before too, where it was like I've gone to cons and been like, "I'm here for one thing," right. Whether it's a meeting or it's, I don't think I've ever gone to a convention for a thing, but I've, I've gone to conventions where I'm like, I am here for one meeting. It, it's like the New York Comic Con that I went to in 2015. Like mm -hmm. that convention, I really only went 
because uh, I was going to sit down and talk to Dan about The Flash. And I was yes. going to pitch him what eventually became The Flash. That was it. I was like, that's my mission. And I literally left afterward. <laughs> we went to New York last year. When I was in New York last year, I was really only there to announce Superman. Yeah. Like, I got there. And I, well, that's not totally true. We had a meeting. I had a couple of meetings with DC earlier earlier in the week that were at, like, the Warner Brothers building. That mm-hmm. was an important part of me being there. Yeah. But then literally the moment we announced Superman, I left for the airport. Like I, I, <laughs> I left it. I left the yeah, panel. I remember that because I remember us talking about it, and you were like, "Dude, I'm leaving. Like, I'm gone." Yeah, I'm gone. I went. I got on an airplane. I flew home, and I was yeah. home, like having dinner with my wife <laughs> like, that day. <laughs> that was funny about uh, this year, uh, San Diego. So I don't do conventions on Sunday. I just don't like. I don't. I don't ever do conventions on Sunday anymore. Um, partially that's why I can get to work on Monday morning. You know, I can just start the week fresh. And yeah. Um, but uh, I was home. So I got home on Sunday and people are still texting me. Right. Like on the floor being like, like, Hey, where are you? Like, or, you know, Hey, do you have a event to meet up or, Hey, I'm over here. Do you mind meeting up with me over here? Whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm with my kids. Like I am (laughs) chilling in my house. Yeah. Uh, Way, way back in the day when I would, either when I was living in California or when I was coming back from California, whatever, I would do this thing where uh, my buddy and I had this deal where uh, he also worked for one of the publishers. Uh, um, and so he would be working, but he would always get to have Sunday off. And so he and I had this deal. It was like, we wanted to be back in LA having in and out <laughs> before the con close. Nice. Which meant yeah. leaving at a very certain time. And it was very much like this train is going to leave. Right. And so he and I would always leave and we would do it every time. We'd be like in his apartment in LA eating in and out. And then it'd be yeah, like, like five o'clock where we did it. One time, I remember we got to the In-N-Out, and we went into the In-N-Out, and we're waiting in line. This is in L.A., and we're waiting in line, and this dude was in front of me in line, and he still had his badge on. <laughs> and I tapped him, and I was like, dude, um, it's over. And the guy was like, oh, he was so embarrassed. Like, but it's like, dude, I was like, listen, man, I, I feel it. I've, I've, gotten to, I've gotten to the point where I've been in line to get on an airplane, like going through security and then realize I still had my badge on. Oh, totally. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I've done that before. But yeah, the San Diego was really fun, dude. It was really good to yeah. see a lot of people. And I, and I think one of the best parts of it is always just getting to see other, like, not just comic creators, and get to see my friends and to hang out and talk about comics and have meetings where you're talking about comic books. But to be able to see, like, readers, that's always the best part. Like, do signings, run on the street, and just start just talking about comics and with this one because. It was really great. It felt very empowering, you know, because like I do, I do a lot of books, and there are times where I do feel burnout and I do feel the weight of things on my shoulders sometimes, yeah. uh, particularly with DC. And it's like, but then to be there and meet people who are just like they love what we're doing. They're really happy about comic books. They talk about what you know. They're like, I love Superman. I love Green Arrow. You know, they they tell us other things they love about what DC's doing, and they just talk about comics in general. You know, we like talk about Marvel, Image. You know, create our own books. It just yeah really feel that power of like everyone is having a good time in this moment, you know, yes. and it is, I know it's nerd prom for four days, totally, but it's like, everybody's riding high a little bit for that moment, but it's kind of nice to just to be around that for a few days of people just being like, we love comics. And then for someone like me, who's been reading comics, uh, my entire life, like, I think what was a bit, you know, they always say this thing of like, would the, the, the kid version of you be happy with what you're doing, right? Right, right. I think the kid version of me would be fucking confused for yeah, one big thing. time. Like, what is happening? <laughs> but at the same time, I think they would be like, because I, I was seeing like this where it's like, and this is my other, one of my many name drops. 
Um, I had lunch with Jim Lee one day and originally it was funny. We, we had talked earlier and it was like, Oh, we're going to have coffee. We're going to have coffee. And I was like, cool, get coffee, whatever. And then coffee turned into lunch and we had like a really great conversation. But as we're sitting there, we were in a public place. So it's like, we're not hidden away or anything. We're not even at a exactly. restaurant. We were, we were like in a kind of public bar area at the actual bar, eating lunch at this actual bar. And people around would be like, holy shit, that's Jim Lee. And they'd come over and then we can't take a picture, you know. And so Jim, of course, is very generous and nice. And of course he does. And he says a nice thing, you know. And uh, But if I went back in time to like, this dates myself a little bit. So I hope Jim isn't watching this. I never <laughs> sees this. Uh, if I go back to like fifth grade, right? you know, like me as a little kid and, and being like, I, I love Wildcats. I loved X-Men, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like Wildcats was was already had been out a little bit by this time. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, and just like talking to my friends about how awesome Jim Lee is, you know, and then and talking about the, just his art and variants and the characters and all this stuff and just being like, I remember trading comics with my oh, friend yeah. or trading for uh, initial Wildcats that I won the first printing of for trading them with something else. And, nice. And, uh, you know, it, and just really liking his work. And, and so then to be sitting there with him, just talking about comics and business and life, there is a level of surreal. It is like, I never thought this would happen. And, mm. you know, I have progressive moments like that. Like, you know, uh, I'm working on Superman and I, I love working on Superman and, and I've talked about a bit where I feel like it's one of the most intimidating projects I've ever worked on. But when I was a kid, you know, I remember waiting in line for Death of Superman, you know, yes. waiting, waiting in line in the rain to get those Superman. <laughs> and then one morning, this happens, I did this last year too, but like this year, one of the mornings in San Diego, I'm just sitting there having breakfast with Dan Jurgens right. and just talking about Superman, you know? Yeah. And just talking about Superman, talking about comic books. He's telling me stories about Crisis and Zero Hour. And I told him, and I was like, you know, I really, Zero Hour was really the beginning of my like addiction, addiction, because already there was Nightfall and Death of Superman. Like that was when I was like, I told him, I was like, I really mostly read. Before that, you know, I was reading all the Superman books and all the Batman books. Like I was very much into those. Yep. And I would pick up a few things here and there. Like I was already in the Legion of Superheroes before this. Mm-hmm. But. Then when Zero Hour happened, it was like, oh, now I'm reading every single comic book that they put out. Like exactly. I am. Oh, you're getting all the Zero issues. You're getting like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like 12 year old me just being like, I'm reading everything, you know. And I, I'm like explaining this to Dan. He's like 12 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I was, I was a man. Like, like yeah, no, he was writing like, about health insurance while I was drawing that. <laughs> you're talking about being a kid, and we're we're colleagues now. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we we started talking about about that, not about that piece, but just it's it's me sitting there talking to him about Superman, talking about DC, and then him, you know, and I'm. He actually had some really good advice. Like he always does. Like Dan always has really great perspective and awesome advice. Yeah. This time it was at a point where I was like, man, I wish I was recording you right now. Like that's how good it was. Yeah. And it's just surreal, dude. Like that's the thing about, about this convention in particular, more so than any other, I think it, it, because I've gone to it so many times, right? Like New York, I didn't go the first year. I went the second year and I've gone every year since. Right. Same. Yeah. But with San Diego, the fact that I've been going since I was a teenager. Yeah. It's like, I've seen it every year. I've seen the evolution. And I, I remember waiting in line. Like, I remember going in and waiting in line for this crater. And I remember this. Or, you know, it's like, I have very clear memories of that city and that convention as my, you know, a, a crucial part of, like, my fandom and coming up in comics. 
And also like that was the first place that I had my own small press table and trying to sell my books. You know, it's like the first places I tried pitching, even when I was in small press and trying to pitch, waiting in line for autographs. You know what I mean? Like it's still like the evolution of it. And so to now be looking at it, it's it's why it's still my favorite convention. It's the one that's the most personal to me, I think. Yeah. But I do have those surreal moments where it's like, oh man. And then it helps me remind me why I love all this stuff, you know, like being there and and talking to these creators and, um, you know, it's just a fun time. It's just a really fun time. And uh, it's intense as, as you see a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of stuff going on but it was good it's true it is intense it's it's funny um for me that convention represents like a very different like i have the, the exact same feeling about like the you know blossoming from like fan to you know non-fan to like professional of some kind um to some lesser degree with the new york comic-con for me because like i started going when it opened i was like oh my god new york's getting a real like convention like and when i say real i mean like you know a high profile convention it turned, yeah, you know, big one. i yeah, could have been going to conventions that would have been way more awesome my entire life you know like especially when marvel and dc were in manhattan you know i'm like oh i used to go to brooklyn to visit my grandma every sunday for like a good 15 year span you mean to tell me that there are a couple of those sundays where i could have gone and saw and, and literally met jack kirby oh, yeah. like that kills me um you know i spent i sent my like then 75 year old grandma to a, to one of those conventions. She's like, I hear they're having a, a comic book show. You read those comic books. And I sent her with like a grocery list of spawn comic books. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. Oh she, yeah. I, that's why you said spawn. I remember one year uh, for Christmas, my, my family asked me what I wanted. And I gave them a list of comic books and spawn was a major piece of that. Anyway, of course <laughs> it was. Uh, but she got me those spawn books and I can imagine that she probably got a pretty good deal because she was like a 70 something year old, like small Italian woman with like a whole cart. And she's like, uh, my, my boy, boy wants to get the spawn. You know, they're like, Oh my God, this poor woman. All right. Well, I'm not going to charge you like $25 for the spawn. Yeah. Let's help, let's help this lady out. Help this yeah. lady out, which actually really worked out for me. Cause like, you know, and I got like garbage, you know what I mean? I need, I was like, Oh, well, I need this issue of shadow cat cause spawn appears in it. You know, shadow hawk, shadow hawk, shadow cat. I didn't even, but, yeah. I was like, when did that happen? Yeah, that, no, I think about it, but you mentioned Shadowhawk, yeah. Oh, I mean, I was getting all those image books. I mean, yeah. I was, I was like, I remember when I was in, I will touch really quick, when I, when I was a kid, when all the partners left Marvel, I was mad. And I was like, that kid, I was the one that was like, they betrayed, <laughs> traitors, yeah. like, traitors. and then when Image started, I was like, ugh, whatever. And yeah. then um, I remember when uh, my brother, actually, he bought an issue of Youngblood. And I had my stack of comics, and he could buy one comic, and he bought an issue of Youngblood, which actually says a lot about like, the power of those things, too, where yeah. it's like my brother, who was younger than me, was like, I can get one comic, and he bought Youngblood. Yeah. And I remember, because all my friends knew this, they, they knew I was like a Marvel and DC guy, and I was so like anti-image in the very beginning. Totally. Um, so I missed that that very first wave of books when they first started coming out. you know. And there were, obviously, they came out kind of scattered. But my brother bought it, and I remember reading it in the car on the way home and being like, I really like this. This sauce. Like I really yeah. like this. More of this. And then so you fast forward, like, yeah, I, I think I was in like fifth grade. I remember one of my friends was like, like, you know, it's really funny a few months ago, you were so anti image and now you're sitting here talking about Newman and how much you like the Newman comic book. <laughs> I'm like, well, this guy's name's Todd Knock. He's awesome. He's drawing it. And like Jeff Master had worked on it. And then, yeah. you know, it's actually how I started uh and, and also uh, Eric Stevenson wrote that book too but it was like yeah that's how i first learned about todd knock and obviously todd knock you know, justice and, of course you know, yeah 
Uh, but yeah, like that was my my little window of like, uh, but then I read it. I love this stuff anyway. Oh, totally. No, yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I I I did not gravitate towards Wildstorm until later. It was it was um it was Spawn for me and the Max. Those are my two like image. You don't characters. have before. Yeah, the Max was on. I didn't get to the Max until the cartoon came on. Cartoon and is, then, and I and I've said this before, and I, I know it's blasphemous for a lot of like Sam Keith fans because I, I think Sam Keith is an incredibly prolific creator and he's an awesome powerhouse. But the best version of the Max is that cartoon, and it's just because well, it's the most powerful issues, and it's mm-hmm. like distilled into this like beautiful marriage of comics and like visual medium. Like yeah. the voice cast is just flawless. There's like people in that show who have never done anything else. You know, you're, you're just like I don't uh, know who that voice is, and I've never heard it ever again. Um, but it also ends the book like that cartoon ends yeah and it's and it is not like a reinterpretation of a version of one of the issues like it's just straight up like here's a new ending to the max and it's a little better that's funny (laughs) that is a rarity to have something like that to have something that's a boiled down version of something but yeah you know i'm I'm glad that that, uh that exists but that is how i got into it like was through that and then what else was there yeah i was i was really into savage dragon and then I was That's really fair. into Spawn. Like Spawn was it, and then I got all the extreme stuff. I mean, yes, I was definitely a kid. Then you're talking about me working at a comic book store, and then I'm reading everything. So it's like a whole other. Yeah. At that point, and I feel like this is when I worked at the comic book store in college. You know, we had a it was a fairly large comic book store, so there was like one dude that was like all Marvel. All he cared about was Marvel. That was right. Him. He didn't care about anything else. Fantastic Four was his favorite thing. He bought that every month, and he read a lot of Marvel stuff, but he knew nothing about outside of Marvel. Right. One guy who was like hardcore dc he only knew dc was another guy who was very indie like he was reading manga stuff before manga because like when tokyo pop first oh, he was started, like, like dirty pear and stuff like yeah he was already into it but he was very much like his favorite comic of all time was invisibles and he was very much like a grant morrison oh, yeah. right and he was reading stuff that was like you know the alan moore stuff but was like i don't want to read watchmen but was reading other Alan Moore stuff, right? Like when Lost yeah. Girls came out, like he was the one that was like, that's mine, right? Like, okay. And then there was me, and I was just like, Marvel, DC image, just yeah, like hardcore. But then also you sprinkle in like Dark Horse Star Wars and Hellboy, oh, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't start reading Hellboy until I was in college. Um, but then you start, like, I have blind spots. Like, I don't know anything about Valiant. Like, Valiant is like a complete and utter blind spot for me. I know people love it, complete blind spot. I was also very into cross-gen. So oh, it's like, yeah, I had a lot yeah. of cross-gen stuff. A lot you know, of I was a really big fan of cross-gen, or at least he, like, Dan Slott. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to ping him and be like, you, you want to find ping him because uh, when, when he met my my uh, my wife and I were hitting a con and we chatted with Dan Slott back in, like, 2007 at uh, Baltimore Comic Con. This okay. is he's sitting next. There's actually a, very early videos when we were, like, we weren't sure what we were doing. We were <laughs> shooting, like, little was on the floor 2007 dan slot next to tom brevoort so new ways to die is happening and we're interviewing dan slot about spider-man you know and then we're like he's like man i hope i get to write spider-man like full-time one day it's gonna be really cool (laughs) you know like all this stuff and um we were like is there you know we're throwing out these these questions like um what uh what's something they wouldn't let you do that you really wanted to do and he's like i really wanted to make matt garg and scorpion again like that was really really important to me to like make him scorpion so he's like we got to do like kind of like an homage to that but i wanted to get him out of the venom suit and move on um but it was funny because actually if you watch the video like it cuts because he has to ask tom what is an what is an okay answer to give um but one of the things he recommended it was like was rune he was like oh man rune such a great like magic series from frost gen um 
Rune is wait, you talking about Rune? That's from um, that's Ultraverse. You're thinking, oh, I am oh, thinking of Rune. I'm thinking it. No, it, it's definitely cross gen. It's is it Rune? Rune. I'm sorry. Ruse. Yeah, I'm. I merged okay, yeah, my. Is, yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh man, this conversation just went sideways. No, um, I did. I merged my two Marvel acquired indie <laughs> <laughs> properties. There are some people that are watching us right now that are like. They have zero they're idea. They're like, what the crap right are you talking about? They're I like, all this that, stuff. They're like, listen, what is this? If you're not watching the show while also having a tab open for Wikipedia to be able to Google or oh, look up any of these books. like Somebody, uh, one time we were talking about this because, you know, as you are aware, there are a lot of experts on the internet. A lot oh, of yes. I've, I've met yeah, quite so a few many, of them. Yeah. So many experts on the internet. And a friend of mine was saying this to me one time. He saw this post where somebody was a DC fan and they were calling themselves an expert. And they were like, I am an expert on dc comics because i've been reading for 10 years and and i know right but here's the yeah. funny thing person and i was like listen that's totally fair right yeah. like i was so i was, was pretty yeah when i was when i was a kid especially in college i was crazy cocky i thought i knew everything i literally oh, yeah. on a job application to work at a comic book store i wrote ask me anything about comics i know everything i literally wrote that down like not even a joke. I literally wrote, "Ask me anything about comics. I know everything." But we're uh, like, man, which I do not know everything about comics. Yeah. I have a lot of blind spots. Like I, the the the, the older I've gotten, the more I've learned blind spots. But yeah, my friend, oh, it was Culver. Culver was one that said this. He was like, "What's really funny about this is if somebody says they've been reading, they're an expert because they've been reading for ten years. There's no problem with that. However, there's one part of this that means that that new fifty two is older than 10 years and they were reading post 52 right when he said this i was like oh my god that's crazy like, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. wild but what's funny is that now because of the internet because of uh because you have like marvel unlimited you have dc like infinite yeah you can then read all of it. all of it you could yeah. spend a summer and just be like you could become an expert you could become <laughs> like a studied 100 on comics yeah, by reading like all of it all More so it. than us, where it's like we had gaps in our period. Like, yeah, like I, there's college. I didn't buy comics. You know what I mean? Like high school to college, I didn't buy comics. So, like, there's a big old oh, chunk, man. and I had to go back I have and find like stuff. That. Like, yeah, like, like I, New Fifty Two. Uh, New Fifty Two was, was a blind spot for me for a while because even though I worked on it, like I didn't really read comics. Or I, I should say no. I read a lot of Marvel. I read a lot of Image. But there was a moment where I wasn't reading DC for like maybe three years, and mm -hmm. maybe maybe two three years. So I would I would read Batman. I read Flash, but I was reading everything. I kind of yeah. knew what was going on, and, and then so when I started coming back in to work, I had to go back and read it all. But dude, that was a major blind spot for me. Totally. Um, yeah, I've had I've had little windows like that. One thing that's funny about the about the Infinite Unlimited thing that I think is actually like kind of creating a weird thing in comics right now is that yeah. like a major part of the readership, and this is true of us as well, right? Like, so Watchmen, I didn't read Watchmen until it was collected. Right. I didn't read Crisis until it was collected. Same. Right, so I got to read yep. it all in one big sitting, and that's true of a lot of things. Right, there's a lot of stuff that's that's before our time that we got to read these chunks. It is even more so true now, and even then, where it was like, let's say, I wanted to read, um, let's say, Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, Craven's Last Hunt was collected, but let's say I wanted to read Craven's Last Hunt, I had to go find it. I had to yep. go dig through the bins and find it. If you're a reader now, you can just go to Unlimited. Like, there's there are a lot of resources. You can buy collections, there's trade, there's hardcovers. Yeah, which version stuff. you want? Like, no, yeah, which version do you want? There's a lot, right? And that's true of yeah. almost every comic. Yep. And what's fascinating about that is I think it's created a really interesting dynamic in comics now, where the readership, it's it's interesting. So it's like 
they judge things weird in weird ways sometimes because it's like you have this moment where when let's say you do that like you read these these bricks of comics like you yeah. read these long runs and you read these books you're getting to read it as a whole almost you get to read it all in one sitting you get to binge it and get your fix you like totally you know i'm gonna read every issue of ultimate spider-man you know in a week yeah and you yeah. could do that you could do that whereas then when somebody who was really into awesome spider-man they had to read that over like 10 years exactly. they had to wait every month to read it and it's different when it's basically what the equivalent of looking at a complete puzzle and seeing the big picture versus being handled handled uh handed excuse me one puzzle piece at a time exactly and it's interesting to see how you can tell there is a, a certain level of patience but this has also been created by netflix with binging it's why well, i actually I really like i like that a lot of networks are take are leaning away from them. binging yeah, yeah i think that's actually better for things to do that keeps to, it alive even, even if it's once a week yeah like I think that's a better way to to give that information to the audience versus like here's all of it once. And actually, we've seen this where it's like it. I, I actually prefer watching movies and TV shows lately. Yeah. And the number one reason why is very simple. If that show gets canceled, right? Like you invest your time, and it's rough when it's like you know that Netflix might put something up, and then it's like it didn't get watched millions of times the weekend it aired, which means on Monday it's canceled like that. And this is obviously, this is not always the case. We know this, like there's yeah. all over the place, but the fact that it has happened where shows don't get to find an audience. And it's probably, it's part of the same problem that comics have where it's harder. Like I even recognize the difference between flash versus Superman where it's yeah. on flash. Like, I feel like there was a different level of patience. Also it was double ship as a whole other thing. Mm. Whereas in Superman, I do feel a different level of immediacy to it where it's like the audience wants everything now. Yeah. versus on flash i felt like oh i could do this over six months i could tell us over a year you know hush hush was over a year yeah. and also you start to think about things like we talked about Watchmen, where it's like Watchmen was late right, right. Like, and so it, it is just interesting something i've observed a lot and i thought about a lot um that's a that's probably a video for another day we have a whole conversation about that oh, um yeah. One thing I did want to say about San Diego that was really fun, and then we could talk about Superman a little bit and yes. some of the stuff we announced. Um, I did get to go by the Hasbro booth and look at G.I. Joe toys. <laughs> like yeah. I feel it was like G.I. Joe <laughs> toys. And I got there and they had a bunch of stuff I hadn't seen before. They had the His Tank, which was awesome to see in person. They had, you know, they had the Dragonfly in person, it was awesome. Uh, but I got to meet one of the guys that actually works on the toys and talk to him for a while. And then I got to cool. say, like, hey, I'm actually writing the comics like this is what i'm working on and he was you know he was really uh awesome to talk to so that was like one of the highlights was just like getting a talk about gi joe but from a fan level you know right like with somebody working on the gi joe toys that obviously my office i have a crap ton of them but we actually got to have this like really nice conversation that was one of the highlights it's always a reminder of like again like oh like you can have these moments of just like cool stuff at these conventions so it yes. was really fun um getting there to talk with him about that. Was there anything for you that you were like surprised by in San Diego? You were like, Oh, this happened. You did not see that coming and you got to do something cool. Yeah. There was, I mean like this, so much of it is about like the experiences. It's about like having those moments and, 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 and just like stacking them up at the end of the weekend and being like, wow, that like whole thing happened. Um, one of them is like, as a child of like the like eighties and nineties, I, uh, and, and being comics, there's a uh, there's a book there's there's my sister and I uh, are very different in many ways but one of the things that she loved that I 
found because of her from comics was bone from jeff smith oh yeah yeah dude and uh i found it late but like you know i, I was obviously Me too i didn't get until it was that gigantic compendium see i didn't get the compendium i was i i, I got there before they went to Im- like right before they went to image for like a few minutes and then went uh-huh. right back to cartoon books i think it was just jeff smith's like i can't afford so you're books. still there before me yeah you're yeah there yeah before me. Yeah, 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 I was like reading the crap out of it, and I was like, I was just loving it. And I, Wizard Magazine was telling me like you should be liking Bone, and I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, guys. Um, but <clears throat> uh, inevitably, you know, I did get the Companion because I was I never got to finish it. You know, it was just like after a while, uh, I got out and Bone kept going, and I was like, yeah. I never found out how it ended. Finally, read the Cold Compendium, and uh, I, I'd been chasing, not chasing like literally, but like I've been hoping to run into Jeff Smith at some point at some convention. And last San Diego <sighs> Comic Con, he had like a table, and I stood in the line for him. It was probably like eight people in the line. I stood there for forty-five minutes, and it didn't he's move. Friendly and talks to people, yeah. right? And I didn't even know if he was there or not. Like that's it was like a line that it, like snaked into someone oh, else's booth. Oh yeah. And I didn't even know if he was there, but I was like, you know what? I have to leave. Like, I can't stand here for another 45 minutes without it moving. So I just left. I was like, uh, one day. And uh, and that was this year where uh, he had a booth and there was nobody there. And not like, and it was actually a bit funny because there was a, he had a booth. There was one guy who was there when he wasn't there. And he's like, I don't know when he's coming. Like, I hope he comes soon. And then uh, I was like, well, good luck. And then uh, one of the days I came by and he had like, he had stacks of, uh, solicits like not even like there were sheets that just promoted his college comic of bone called thorn yeah into a collection yeah and uh so i went up to him and i said hello and i finally got to meet him and he drew me a smiley bone oh my god dude that is awesome yeah that's like that is an awesome story i love right that. That like he, so cool yes just dude. getting him to draw it in front of me and stuff oh yes dude cool. that is great and I didn't even ask uh, one of the things I didn't even ask him for. I was just like, you know, he just he was just like, well, thanks a lot, man. Here. And I'm like, hell yeah. That's awesome, dude. All right. Yes. I love all of that because that is just like, that's what you, that's what you want to hear. Like, that's calm, like I, right? I, I really love stuff like that. I don't, you know, uh, that's what I was saying before. Like, I think next year what I'm going to do is I'm going to like try to block out three hours, just wander around and look at stuff. Yeah. And there was the people like, I really wanted to meet Zoe Thurgood. Like, yes. He was there. She was, yeah. I know. I, I really wanted to meet her. And it's like, I love your work. I really appreciate it. It's, it's amazing work, you know? Um, yeah. And I wanted to buy something from her. And so I never, I didn't get to meet her while we were there. Um, but there are a lot of creators that I wanted to meet. Uh, it's funny. Like when I was a kid, I told you before, like way back in, way back in 1998, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got to meet uh, Joe Quesada and then I met him, but he signed, a book for me right like yeah back, way back when and then i met him i met joe Quesada another time i think probably in like 2001 Ooh. 2001 i met him joe Quesada is one of my favorite like comic artists ever like i have art of his and you know he's one of the people i would buy everything they do and yeah i appreciate the stuff that he's done uh for marvel i have never met him since hmm since 2001 we have never run into each other ever Wow. Like I've never 22 like, years. You haven't seen him again. <laughs> I haven't seen him in person. Um, you know what you got to do, man. You got to go to Baltimore. Well, no, he's at conventions. I'm at half the time. I he's know already... that's true. Well, part of it is this, and this is, this is a piece of it is that like, there, there are very few people. It, it's hard. I don't know how to explain this without making it. Cause somebody else told me this. Cause I was like, well, you know, I've, I've actually been kind of 
near him, right? Mm. Like, I've been, I'm obviously in a position where I could probably go to some people, like, hey, I'd like to meet Tokusama. Like, I could probably do that. Like, I could yeah. probably go to a convention and talk to somebody, one of his art dealers, or somebody be like, next time he's here, I just want to come up and say hi to him. I don't want to, I'm not going to wait. I don't need to do anything. You know, I'm not asking for a sketch or anything. I just want to say hi to him. Totally. Uh, and say, like, hey, I like, I like your work and, you know, thank you and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, you, you could, probably do that right like you could probably just ask somebody and they would figure it out and i'm like yeah but i just i can't do it it's so weird it it's, deal. yeah that that's that's what it looks like but i want to i want to show you something hold on i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. let me get this real quick see if i can find it real fast in my office okay yeah okay so when i was young i would go to conventions I would start talking to artists. You go to Artist Alley and you're like, hey, I, I, I like your work or whatever. And um, buy a book from whatever. And, and people are very nice. A lot of creators are really nice. And the amount of creators who I would just say, come by and say, hey, I like your work. And then they would draw me something oh. is massive. Like, and the thing is, at the time, because I was never the kind of person that like went to get sketches. I, I no. wasn't a person. But because I wasn't that person, I never had a sketchbook with me. Mm -hmm. So I have, this used to happen all the time, where I would get um, backboards. I would have, like, my comic. I'd have them sign the comic, whatever, right? And then we would start talking. And then, and this is, again, this is, like, over 20 years ago. Yeah. They would be like, well, let me draw you something. Let me just draw you something. And I'd be like, okay. You know, but I don't have any paper. And they yeah. would always draw it inside uh, the backboard. Right. Like, always. So I have this, like, J. Scott Campbell drawing. Oh, that's that awesome. Is on, on the, was on the back of a Wildstorm poster, you know, where he was <laughs> just like, he was like, yeah, I'll draw that for you, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is a, a Superman drawing by Sir Damonin from 2000. And he was oh. just like, let me just draw this for you. Uh, I have a John Cassidy Batman in here. Oh, um, no. This is a Travis Charest robot that he drew for me one time. We were, <laughs> nobody was at his table, and I was just like, "Your work is amazing." And he was like, "Let me draw something for you." Um, it was always so weird. Like this would never happen now. Like that's why. Well, actually, no. Wrong. You met. That's why I was like, "This would never happen now. Nobody would ever do this." And then you're like, "No, let me show you something." No, he did it. Um, yeah. Also, I have in here. Dude, I have so many. Um, they might all be over there, but I have a lot of really cool stuff that's like that, where I was just like you know, talking to a creator and they were like, oh, thank you, you know, let me just draw something for really quickly. But yeah, I have like yeah. stacks of stuff over here. Like, uh, I have a Tim Cell, um, this is a Tim Cell Batman. Oh, nice. um, a lot of Todd Knox in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's awesome. What's some other ones I have? I have a, yeah, I have a lot of like really cool, obviously like a, a Savage Dragon by, uh, Eric Larson. Eric Larson, of course. Um, but that's nice to know that still happens. Yeah, still it happens, does. You know, this I, is one I, uh, I did not know who this person was. I was, I was at, um, was getting waiting in line for Jimmy's for Jimmy, mm -hmm. and there was a guy who was sitting next to the table, and he was waiting to talk to Jimmy. He wasn't there for a signing. He was waiting to talk to Jimmy. Gotcha. And um, we just started talking, and then he was like, "Well, I'll draw you this thing." He's like, what would you want me to draw? He's like, Batman. <laughs> and so Lee Brahimo drew me a Batman. Oh, awesome. This is like early, 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 early. Like Deathblow Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Like very early uh, stuff for him. That's and awesome. it's just like, I have a Frank Quitely, uh, two Frank Quitely drawings in here. 
yeah, because I would just be like, like I have two French Twilight drawings. One he did of um, one he did of Bruce Wayne. Another one he did of um, Owlman. But yeah, like that's part of the thing I think that is like you were saying. It's like the fact that you were able to meet Jeff Smith and just just have an actual like like human nice interaction. With him. It was just a yeah, nice human moment. interaction. Yeah. That's. And, and I, I think that stuff is really – it's awesome when that kind of stuff happens. And it's like that's the stuff that like my favorite stories. It's like I ran into this person. This cool thing happens. You know, yes. I ran into this creator I love. You know, which I have a ton. This like whole thing is full of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, I should probably frame some of this. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, but well, frames are expensive as I know you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I, frames, I, I'm on – Frames will surprise you when you're like, how much is it? Like – why is this so expensive especially custom frame you know you got to get them like just uh, nowadays i'm just like make sure it's on eight and a half by 11 or something like that I'm dude just... i have had a couple of custom framing things and and uh i definitely was like i there are a few pieces that had custom framing done yeah. for the most part i will just buy a frame yeah <laughs> no, dude, it's gonna fit. we're good when we got the studio i was like i am gonna get this poster and uh because i'm sure they make frames this big they made a poster uh, the milestone, the milestone DC, DC worlds collide. Worlds poker, collide, dude. Yes. Where it's the size of a small car, and I went to the uh, the, the local framing st- Michaels, and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, a we don't make that frame. B, uh, you know, let me see how much I could draw it up." Blah 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 blah. Uh, after discounts, it ended up would have cost me four hundred dollars, and I was like, "This poster cost me one dollar, dude." Like yeah. never, never in my life will this poster ever be seen by human eyes. Like, <laughs> that, Dude, that's I, yeah, that was the stuff. Like, I there's a I have a framed piece. Where is that? Somewhere I haven't put the I haven't started putting the frame stuff up yet in here. Yeah, uh, that is. It's funny. This happens to me every summer. I'm like, I'll do it this summer, and then it's like the summer just keeps creeping away. You uh-huh. know, you're just like, okay, now we're getting into August now, and I'm like, someday in August, and it's like. <laughs> Uh, I need like a whole month. It was fine. I was talking about something else about this room. I'm like, I need, I need a month off. And they were like, oh, so you can like rest? And I'm like, no, so I can do stuff. We <laughs> <laughs> can finally get things done. I can do something. And then I was like, because I have comic books to write. So I need a month off from these comic books so I can write these comic books. Exactly. And then I need another month off so that I can frame things and put them up on the walls in my office. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I have, I have, I have. I have a lot to do all the time, as, as I yeah. know. Um, the only thing oh. we announced. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna. It was actually it was a segue, but I was gonna. Um, yeah. Gonna say, you know, apropos of your work and the books that are coming out right now that you're working on, and the fact that like Night Terrors was this big ass thing that kind of like mm-hmm. came out like a dark horse, and people were like iffy, let's say online about. Sure. <laughs> Uh, but I'm but I'm thrilled to say, you know, when it when it initially was launched, people were like, "Great, I get two months off comics. Thanks a lot." Like that was the prevailing smart alecky response that I saw a hundred times in response to oh, it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. cool. Get cool. Even we kept the- telling people it's going to be important for the books after. Oh, I know, sure. I know. And then I found, and then like the first issue, they were like, "Lazarus Planet." This is why, and people were like, "Wait, Lazarus Planet mattered? Um, shit." But. It's this is gonna happen because, again. There's gonna be a bunch of stuff that's gonna happen in the fall, and people are gonna be like, "Wait, when did this happen?" Yeah, what night? <laughs> night what? <laughs> oh, you mean I didn't read so that? Important. Oh, yeah. you mean there's a new bad guy that's like doing a bunch of bad stuff in the winter? Where'd that bad guy come from? <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> that's great. 
But uh, yeah, but people, right are gonna now, read, people are going to read Batman in September and be like, what are they talking about? What? <laughs> well, that's great because by then they can probably get the, uh, the hardcover. No, we'll be at a, I, I you know, and it, it and it's selling well, and it, it, it's one but of those it, things. It's, it's, uh, people are digging it. Like that's my 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 point wasn't to rag on it. My point was that people, the prevailing opinion is now the books are out and people are reading them, which is the thing we tell everybody every time. Yeah, you know, read wait books. and yeah. read the book, see if it, it. And people are like, everyone has a favorite. No one's oh, like yeah. ragging on it. You know, they're like, this is cool. Or people are saying like, oh, it turns out it's cool. And people who did take the two months off are like wait what it's cool yeah Am I missing we, something? we've been uh i signed so many during san diego yeah like it was superman number one green number one and then night terrors those are the three i signed it's awesome and then, like nail biters in there too like that always will oh, sure. me, but, are the rogues but, is people are people bringing rogues no no you know this <laughs> like every every dude every uh convention i get like one person that brings me rogues and i think that person like i well, like you for I, reading this book and they're like i loved it and i'm like no one read this so yeah thank dude the, i got the hardcover i one of these days yeah. if you go to new york i'm gonna find you and <laughs> make sure you sign it but uh no, new york uh, we're gonna figure something out in new york we're we, you and i are gonna figure something out in new york we're gonna walk the floor we're gonna figure something out but uh, great. Yeah, I would totally, yeah. uh yeah. no that uh rogues is a book that was really special to me but the challenge about rogues and i just wrote about this in, in my sub stack Okay. In my uh, my newsletter. People should subscribe to my newsletter, um, especially because whatever is happening with the internet, with Twitter and social media, where where the hell I was using go? one to now I have like five. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, well, doesn't mean I have to pay my assistant five times more. You know? Oh no, that's just part of the deal, man. Like it's just if they're <laughs> no, gonna make an Instagram uh, post, yeah. It was really hard because Rogues Number One came out the exact same day as Justice League seventy five, the death of the Justice League. They came out the yeah. exact same day. And so it was so hard for me to try to sell Rogues at that time. And and then the last of Rogues, I think, came out when we were, like, deep in the Dark Crisis. You know, it was, like, November, I think. Might have been October. Yeah. And it was, like, dude, it just – it was a bummer. And I really love that book a lot. Like, I'm really I'm really proud of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of it. Like, I'm it, – it's something dude, I, it's I, great. I look at. I say this was a very much a me book at, at DC. Yes. It, it's – it's weird. Like my relationship with, with DC sometimes stuff stuff is, is interesting and this might be a whole other thing to talk about someday. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like, you know, I do all these like blockbuster events. Like I do all these blockbuster events and I do them for many different reasons. Um, and because I do enjoy that part, you know, I do enjoy the, the doing these big blockbuster events. They're really challenging. That's part mm -hmm. of it. They, they are a completely different beast, completely different challenge. But the thing I'm always more passionate about are smaller things. And so it's like always this kind of balance between these two. And it was like that year doing, you know, here is his dark crisis. And then, and then here is, it was a smaller, more intimate story with the rogues. Yeah. And then this year it was like, okay, we're doing night terrors. And, you know, it was only two months long. So it was a little different. But then you read, I'm doing Green Arrow and Superman and Batman and Robin, which are still bigger stories, but they're a little more character based. Or character base, you know, it's a it's a different dynamic. I, mean, I think about this a lot. We were talking about Spielberg, you know, and it's like Spielberg. Spielberg somehow, not somehow, you know, he just figured out that balance better than I think almost anybody. It took in the eighties. Yeah, he was able to figure out that balance, and well, he just knows, you know, it's like he knows that like yeah. it's about it. We were just watching. My wife is like way into movies and you know with filmmaking in general, and we were yeah, just yeah, yeah. there's this great channel um, that I'm trying to remember the name of. But uh, they made this video about like the three act structure and yeah. they're using Jurassic Park as the example because they're like Spielberg, like 
no one gets eaten by a dinosaur for like, you know, when the, when you first show up, like we got the hook where it's like the Raptor uh, cage scene that like everyone forgets, everyone forgets about like that amazing oh. cold open where it's like this. Cold open. Yeah. No, it opens yeah. and they give you what you want right at the beginning, but they don't really. That's right. Like, that's right. You don't they're see like, it. there's a dinosaur here and he eats somebody, but you actually don't see it, but you know, and it yeah, builds anticipation. Yeah, and then you and kind of forget the dinosaurs like, are dangerous. You forget the dinosaurs are dangerous. Yeah, they're beautiful and they're wonderful, and you yeah. want to see them. And like, and you're you're building character for like a yeah. third of the movie. Like for for seventy five percent of the movie, you're watching these people, and you're just love it. You're falling in love with them, and Spielberg's making you love them so that you fear for them for the last like third of the flick. Yeah. It's like that's exactly like that is like such a like, and and it comes across as just like flawless. And when it's done well. It's like there's no work done at all. Like it, it's like yeah. You don't there's see a the strings. There's a video um, where Steven Sonberg, Steven Sonberg took uh, Raiders, yeah, and he made it into a black and white movie. But then he also took out all the dialogue and the score and put a different score in. Oh, and uh, there's a video on YouTube. He talks about this. I'll have to send it to you. But they yeah. literally just talk about his visual storytelling and blocking, right? Like. Yeah how he moves the actors and moves the camera where he, the storytelling he does. And it really makes you, man, this dude, like the thoughtfulness of the work he puts together. And it really makes yeah. me, you know, whenever I'm working on something, I like, you have to slow down. Yep. And, and that's always the, the challenge with these books is slowing down. You know, like I was, I was working on Superman. So I'm bringing back around to Superman. Uh, I was working on <laughs> Superman um, this week and I had to finish a script this week. I actually finished it. Like I turned it in like, 15 minutes before you and I started talking, oh, nice. <laughs> but I was working on issue with Superman and it's like, you know, part of it is like big explosions, you know, it's Superman, you know, big epic fighting, but it's always like trying to find the, the human moments with him and the human okay. moments with the family. Um, and then one of my favorite scenes, I should have seen, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but we can talk about it. Cause it's right. 50, like it's stuff with, with stuff we're doing in the fall. Totally. Um, so yeah, at San Diego, we announced that Superman seven is actually going to be Superman 850, which we knew from the very beginning. It's funny. People were like, did you guys know this? And I'm like, come on, it's me. <laughs> like, do you think I didn't figure this out? Like the moment we started working on the book, I wasn't like, wait, when's the anniversary? Should we all do this? Do all the creators do it? Yeah. I remember one time I went to, uh, I went to this panel and it was Stephen Wacker and it was like how to work with editors panel. I guess what it was called. <laughs> and one of the points he made that really, uh, was funny to me is he was like, editors have the handbook too. Like we have the guidebook too. And he was like, we are well aware of all those characters that don't have books. Right. He's like, so you come to us and you're just like, here's this D league character. You probably never heard of. They have heard of it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or anyone that's worthy of having a book is like, they're aware of it. Like the things yes. you think that they may not know, they probably know. And there's probably a whole complicated backstory behind it. I promise you people at DC and Marvel, they're well aware of the legacy number eight. <laughs> exactly. Well aware. Yeah, they have it. Yeah. They have like, yeah, you know, they, they know. They know yeah. when this stuff is coming. They're, they, exactly. they, they think about it. Like, oh, you mean there's an issue 900 coming? Yeah, they know. Like, they're, they're, they're well aware. Anyway, so yeah. working on the issue. And yes, we announced that at, at San Diego. And so I've been working on that and stuff after that and some of the stuff for 24. And it always comes back around to this, dude. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you can have the big spectacle and you can have the big set pieces, but what are the human moments? And there's, there's a scene where it's like Lex and Lois are talking and they haven't talked in the book yet. We haven't had a scene with them in a while. True. Yeah. And so it was the two of them and it's a very tense, it's a tense conversation between them. But it was moments like that where it's like just kind of making it grounded for a moment. It's like other stuff's going on, but it's just a, a moment between the two of them. And, and Solar always does so well and it's like his visual storytelling and, and, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think with this a lot what I'm working on, Superman particularly, where it's like, yeah. I think with Superman, sometimes people can fall into making stories about his powers or making stories, you know, big, gigantic explosions. And it's just like all intense all the time. And some writers are really, really strong at that. And they can actually use that as a vehicle to tell their kinds of emotional storytelling. And it's awesome. And yeah. so for me, I'm always just trying to find those moments between those characters where it's like, you know, I, I was talking about this with somebody in San Diego where they wanted to, uh, they were going to ask me a question. And this. it was like, it's a question we always get, like, why do you love Superman? How do you love Superman? And I was like, the answer to that, at least for me, is, like, read the book. Because it's like, I don't want to talk about – because they're not independent of each other at this point. Right. Right? Because I'm writing on the book. I'm not going to be like – because every conversation about why I love Superman is going to come back to the book. So right. let's make it one question. Let's just talk about the book, and then we can talk about those pieces that I that I love about the character. Totally. And, and so the stuff we're doing in the book in the fall, and we have a lot of really big – really big plans for the character uh, leading out of the storyline. We're introducing a new villain uh, called the chain that they're getting introduced in issue six. Um, and that the, the stuff with them is going to have like major impacts on the book and major impacts on like Superman as a whole. Um, and then eight fifty is like a lot happens that issue. Like a lot happens when I was, I was like, yeah, this morning. And I was like, man, so much actually happens in this one issue. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on here, and not just with Superman. It's like stuff happening to people around Superman, mm. right? There's a lot of there's a lot of like um, you know we've been doing in the book where it's like we've been kind of like take having everybody take the next step, right? It's like Lois becoming editor in chief. Yeah, it's like Jimmy having like a stable relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone is kind of doing that next thing, and that's what happens in a lot of this, where it's like things are are happening to characters that are organic, and I. I think it makes sense, but it all feels like the next step. We're not doing right. anything. I, I hesitate to say this. We're not doing anything nuts. But what I mean by that is, is nothing that doesn't feel makes like, sense. oh, that makes sense. Like right. everything is like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't that happen? Yeah, okay, that is the next step of this. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing, nothing that I feel like would upset anybody. But it's like sure. stuff that you might you know, go, oh yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Talking or like not it. have expected to, have, like, I didn't think we'd ever get here. Yeah. No, it's things that you might say, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Why, why isn't that person doing that? Right. Like, yeah. oh, that is the next step for them. You know, that is the next thing for them to be doing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there and it's just been really fun uh, to put that together. But yeah, I'm always trying to find those human moments with Clark and people around him, you know, and I think against Spielberg does that so well where it's like, you know, everything is these human moments. This is very human moments. And then a giant shark attacks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you care that the shark attacks. You, you hope he doesn't. Yeah. 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 I've always well, been like, man, I, when, when Spielberg was rumored to be on the Blackhawks movie. I was oh like, yeah. Dude. I was like, wouldn't he be a good Superman director? I think James. Well, Spencer I, dude, I thought a lot. Job. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, you know, and I, I it's funny, you know, this is just a very this is kind of a tangent but like the um you know I, I talked about it recently the you always hear when you pick when you pitch a big idea like spielberg doing a superman movie you know they're like well that's too big you know like why would, why would spielberg do that you know what i mean and i'm like and and it's like when if not then then when right like why wouldn't you like pick the biggest target for that yeah well with him i think it's always about what he is saying we always have like i feel the same way where it's like you have to feel obsessed with it you have to feel and i don't think he is like he, a story with that like he's yeah. yeah it's never come up it's never come up like i think if anything he could have done some kind of pulpy thing 
Yeah. Like I could have seen him take on a pulpar property and, and go with it. But, but here's actually the thing with this is that you look at him and it's like, okay, this dude clearly loved pulp stories and you can see it. You know, you can see he liked Don Corman, you know, and you can see he, he liked Michael uh-huh. Scrooge because of Indiana Jones. Right. And so it's Indiana like- Jones was because he could do James Bond. Exactly. Right. So it's like he made, so basically, he made his version of the thing that he loved. And so I, I don't know. And, you know, I'm not going to call Indiana Jones a superhero, but I do feel like that mm-hmm. kind of thing for him exists. Like he yeah. made it. Right. And it's like, I would be curious, but you know, also you look at James Gunn and you and I, you and I both like the Guardians movies and it's yeah. like, remember the very first Guardians movie, it opens with Peter and his mom and it's a very human thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, if he's done such a good job with that arc of Peter and the Peter going home and the rocket, each movie has that focal point and it's like, yep. he's able to, to do a very similar thing. Um, exactly. The same thing with like, dude, that first Black Panther movie. Yeah. At first, I've been watching that movie and uh, the whole opening sequence with like basketball and stuff, and it was very grounded. I was like, yeah. dude, I am here. I was right. like, it, it's funny. I, I actually think about this a lot where I'm like, you have to, and it's funny you were saying about Jurassic Park, you have to open with, with something human, something relatable. Right. You have to relate with something, you know, you have to re- open with something that people can relate to. And it, it's, one of the reasons why high school movies are so popular or high school movies and TV shows, right? Like mm. high school TV shows are incredibly popular and they will be popular forever. Yep. Do you know why? Do well, you know why? I, I could, I could probably name a few reasons, but I'll, I'll, there's I'll, a bunch, but there's one particular reason. There's one particular reason. Oh no, I don't know. It is the, the last thing we all have in common. Like, think uh, about that. We all went through it. Uh, yeah. Both people went through some variation of it, right? Not high yep. school, but some kind of school as a teenager, whether yes. country you live in, you probably, more than likely went through some variation of that experience big time yeah yeah Yeah. it's a common it's a it's a common shared experience it's why uh you know like there are so many mangas and anime about like the the the, uh, that are set in schools yeah and a lot of school properties become popular right like Mm -hmm. because once we're done with high school we all split around a million different things right exactly because it's not just like collar or no collar it's like no it is a lot yeah. A lot of different avenues, and a lot of people, their life experiences diverge incredibly after high school. Yep. But high school follows a certain formula, mm-hmm. and because of that formula, it is it's a unifying experience. We all connect to it. Yeah. So it is something most of us have is this thing, and so I, I think about this a lot when I'm looking at storytelling, where it's like, you know, I try to uh, open in a human place. Not always. A lot of times I don't do it. But mm-hmm. I do think about this a lot. Of like, I think so, yeah. Well, and, and Spielberg does it really well in things. But yeah. I would, I would, you know, I'd be curious when people are doing superhero movies and just trying to find ways to. Well, that's why X Men should be a show. Oh, dude, yes, that's a great <laughs> idea. dude. No, you're right. I was there. There are a lot of properties that I'm like, I understand why, but I think if you had that dedicated fan base, fan base, Sp- should... Spider Man should be a show. Like Spider Man is. Oh, one I want of those that cartoon. Like, yeah, that I know. I, I I'm so baffled by that cartoon. I don't even know if I want it or not at this point. And also, like the Disney Plus offerings have been hit or miss uh, for me. At least I'm not going to say that. Like you know, blanket statement. They're all great or they're all terrible, but. Mm. Uh, it's a little dicey. The TV show makes a lot of sense. That is right? something that if they started and you just actually got to it, and then it's like, that's fascinating. That that's really interesting. Because like, how? Well, let me ask you this. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So right now you're in charge. 
of X-Men the cartoon. X-Men part. Yeah. Or TV show, not cartoon, TV show. Boom. Yeah. I'm giving it to you, right? Yeah, live action show. Where do, yeah. you, where do you start? I mean, so the, the question is, what it, like what would they let you do? What do you have access to, right? Because you could do Gen X, hey, like you could do Blue Sky. Okay, because like I mean, you got to start. start. I would start with the O five. I mean, like I would do. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you have a three year commitment. You know, you're gonna get three seasons no matter what you do. Yeah, There's we're doing the first first class. Start. Like we're doing the, the first five. original team, and it's got to be. Time. But like, but the thing is, like, there's such a beauty of having like a studio that is a movie studio that has access to TV, because yeah, then you can do yeah. like you could do like they fight Magneto in the movie. And then all the drama, all yeah. the fun stuff is in the show. Like yeah, Wolverine yeah. gets well, movie. high school. You'd have to do, you know. Well, here, so this is this is fascinating to me because I love right. stuff like this. I like yeah. I like this kind of like problem solving. Exactly. Like this exactly. is the kind of problem solving where like you start looking at the math, and then you you start blue sky, yeah, and then you start whittling it away down exactly. to like what is actually real. Because I'm thinking like, okay, do you start where it's like, is he recruiting uh, or are they already in school? Is he recruiting? Like, you know, like is the first episode them recruiting Jean Grey? I mean, right? Like, you know what I like? Grey and here's my big question for you. Yeah, this yeah. is what I would do. Yeah. Do Professor Xavier and Magneto are they still friends and they mm. teach you together? The I mean, season? why not? Right? I think that's a great ah. idea. Have them together. Show show how they had diverging opinions on teaching together yes. in the first season, and then went their own ways. And then that's how you get like, and then you're like, oh, well, this this one mutant betrays them, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, like you know, or, or goes with Magneto and it surprises you, right? Yep. Like, you know, there there are things you could do. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, you could do you just just okay. So you got you got Charles, you got Eric, or Max, or whoever, whatever you want to call them, but like. Chuck and Max are teaching the Xavier Institute, right? There's there's been some hubbub about what they're going to call it. Obviously, they stick with the, with the Xavier. Yeah, Institute. yeah. So it's kind of like um, it is a little bit like what First Class was like because I didn't exactly. But you mix it up. I, I've only seen First Class one time, so I don't mm-hmm. remember it that well. Yeah. Um, but it is a little bit a little bit of First Class, and I think that's okay. Like, it's yeah. good to show that people like it. People, the, people. That's one of people. That's most people's favorite X Men movies. So it's you like, know what you do? You could actually throw in this. Is, you get all kinds of stuff. You can throw in all kinds of characters. Throw wild cards in there, right? You could have like Professor uh, Professor Abinser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You got, a, you got you got Professor Frost. Like you could you could probably make it where it's like. Yeah. I mean, now I'm being a little bit maybe too cute. Right. But I, I do think you could do a thing where it's like, oh, you think it's going to be Magneto, but then it's like, oh, no, it's Apocalypse. Like, yeah. he's the he's the thing or whatever. Like, you can get all mm. kinds of... You know what I, I like? There's there's yeah. a there's a, there's an old show I loved called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And in that episode, Oh, yes, yes. Little, little known show. I little have show. Toy, like, right over here. Yeah, I have the, <laughs> the Hasbro one they released recently. It was, off, it was a three-pack. Oh, was yeah. There's a there's an episode called The Firestar is Born. It's one of the best animated episodes, and Juggernaut shows up in the middle of the show. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Juggernaut would be a great villain to put into the show because A, a little less expensive, and B, you get the brother angle because you've got Max and Eric who or yeah. Mer- Max and Max and Chuck who are friends, who are brothers. And then Kane is like jealous of that and relationship. Kane's jealous. He shows up and he throws a wrench into it. And it's like it also is a cautionary example. Maybe it cements their maybe it artificially cements their relationship because it's like no, I chose you over my like actual half brother, but also I've seen an example of what it's of what the threats are that I'm going to face. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, it it also allows it to like Magneto is the one that takes Juggernaut down. And it's an example of like, it's weird. It's like Xavier chose Magneto, but Magneto goes a little bit further. Yes. Like he pushes a little bit harder and it's like, Oh, I've chosen this person. They're my best friend. 
Right. But there is a darkness there. Like you could do exactly. There, there are things you could do there. Uh, right, like, is hard. there something wrong with me where I'm like, why, why do I have so many, like, you know, I, all my brothers are insane. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, or hate me. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone who brings into his life eventually. Well, that's because Xavier is, well, Xavier is manipulative. He's controlling. And it's, there is a, he, he's interesting. Cause he's like a person who puts himself on the pedestal. Uh-huh. Right. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I was, I remember reading comics when the whole onslaught thing happened and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. That tracks. Yeah. No one was, I don't remember anybody being surprised that, that Charles was the, expert. Oh, well, I was reading at a store by then. People were definitely surprised. Oh, I know they right? were, but like, I, I don't remember, but like, I, I only read comics alone. Like I didn't have any friends. Oh, comics. that's right. Yeah. No, so for me, it was just, that, my so. friends were the, were, you know, uh, like the X-Men McLaughlin no. and yeah, they're like Jim McLaughlin <laughs> and Garib Seamus, like people who just the, the people who ran oh. wizard. I was like, these guys. Yeah. It's always a bummer with wizards. Like I think people, clown on wizard a lot then and they clown on it it's easy to do clown on it less now than they did then yeah. but people even the shop will clown on it but it's like that paid that was a very key element of that era of comics and in some ways it's really missed because they i had, bought that when i wasn't reading comics like when i wasn't buying comics i was buying wizards you know yeah i bought wizard all the time like it was I, I probably i think the first issue of wizard i bought was like issue like 13 or 14 it was in the teens yeah same it was in the teens yeah Definitely. but then it was like after that you know you start I threw my wizards in the trash, not because, <laughs> not because of anything bad, but it was like I was moving, and it's a magazine, and they're magazines, right? right and they're right. magazines, so it's like, ah, it's the news, it's fine, right? Yeah, yeah. I was moving. It was when I was moving from, uh, I was moving from uh, Long Beach to San Diego, and so I was clearing a lot of stuff out. Like I was just like, this is the last day. The truck is already packed. What can I get rid of? And it was like, okay, I'm getting rid of this poster. I'm going to get yep. rid of this. I, I think the thing that I got rid of that was the stupidest thing I got rid of was the collectible cards that I had. Oh, I got rid of all of them except for one set. And mm. so it was like, actually, well, two sets. And then I got rid of the rest. And that was something that I was like, I to this day regret, you know, like I was talking about this with, um, with Jen Mint Collectibles one time. We were talking about uh -huh. this. And we were talking about some of those like Marvel Masterworks sets that are worth a lot. I'm like, I had that. And I threw it in the trash because yeah. I had to move. And it was like, I don't have time. It was basically like, what do you do with this? Right. Looking back at it, I should have given it to somebody like, hold on to this for like two weeks. I'll come back and get it. They're cards. They will store. <laughs> Here. Yeah. When you, you know it is, you're moving and, and stuff. And I, oh, I, I definitely know. my collection a couple of times. That was the only time I ever threw it in the trash, though. Ever since then, I've like, I either sold or donated. I have too many friends who, when they were moving, for whatever reason, they were like under the gun and like they just rented a dumpster and like so much shit that was there oh, was just in the dumpster. Dude, that's so crazy. No, I've, I've, uh, I always figure it out now. I would never, I would never do anything like that now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would always, yeah, I would always figure out a way of uh, selling stuff. But you know, uh, yeah, but man, San Diego was really fun to bring it all the way back around to San Diego. Exactly. I had a time. Uh, I, I was able to to see some people. It was busy the whole time. That's one of the things. Like. It, the only regret I had when I got home, I was like, man, there's so many people I did not see that I wanted yeah. to see. There's so many people I wish I had spent more time with, like talking to you. And it's like, again, I got home and I'm like, that creator was there. How did I never see them? How did Dude. I never see them? But, you know, it was funny, like James, you know, James and I, it, like James is somebody I talk to every day. So it's not like I have to see him, but it's like my friend. I do want to see him. Exactly. And um, so we had, we hung out on Wednesday together. We sat down, we had drinks and we hung out and which is the two of us uh we kept getting interrupted 
And so oh, we were sure. like, oh, yeah, not a bad way, but you know, like, this is how it is. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I will see you. So this is Wednesday afternoon. He's <laughs> like, I have to go to a signing. And I'm like, cool, I have to go take care of something. You know, I'll see you later. Right. I saw him once after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> once. Literally, we were uh, far, far away from each other. And we saw each other. We both went like this, you know, went over, gave him a hug. We talked for a second. And he was on his way to go to the Eisners. And I was just like, good luck. I will, you know, good luck. You yeah. know you're going to win, you know. Yeah. And I will see you. I will see you later. I never saw James again. <laughs> and he texted me at 4 o'clock on Sunday Mm-hmm. Are you still here? And I was like, dude, I am. I am chilling at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at home. I'm yeah. at home. I'm, I'm still on the couch. I have it in and out. We're watching Ducktales. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm gone. But you know, it is. It is a good. It was a really good show, and uh, it was really great. I, I do have one question for you, and then we will we'll sure. go because I have. I have work to do today. Definitely. I have a comic book. I have a bunch of comic books to write. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, but there's my my one my one super random question for you. Awesome. Uh, in the last three weeks, have you seen a movie in the movie theater? The last movie that I saw, I, I we're gonna. I'm taking my wife to see Barbie soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the last movie in the theater I saw, it couldn't have been Shazam. Oh, it was Spider Man, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, it had to be Spider Man. Yeah, because you saw me, dude. I'm in the yeah. same thing. I saw Spider Man. This I feel like is I, I was thinking about this because when I was a kid there were certain summers that were like the summer of movies right so it was like 1989 yeah. there was a ton of movies oh my god uh, yeah. 92 a ton of movies 94 a ton of movies right yep this summer I saw Spider Man oh Indiana Jones Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones okay so this thing I still haven't seen Indiana Jones and I'm like I want to see Indiana Jones. I want to see Barbie. I want to see Oppenheimer. I want to yep. see Haunted Mansion that came out today. I want to see Ninja Turtles. And there was a part of me that was like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play hooky on one day. and I'm going to figure it out. I'm yeah. going to watch all of them in one day. And then I was like, <laughs> that is impossible. That's not happening. <laughs> and it's not happening. I was like, maybe I go to the movies every night. Like every night for a week, just go to the movies every night. And I'm like, yeah. I also don't think that will happen. But here was the thing. So when I went, you know, everyone was talking about seeing Barbie and seeing Oppenheimer at, at the same time, like watching yeah. right. how did you do this? Um, just in terms of time. Well, the theaters oh. are, are coordinating them. Like they're setting them no, up. No, I, like, I know, I know, I know. But I'm talking about like literally saying, oh, just, I'm how do I have time, time to do that? Yeah, yeah, like how is this going to happen? I was like, I hear people doing it. Like, how are you doing this? Yeah, uh, I, have, I have so much to do. But um, I was talking to, uh, oh, so my wife, when I got back from San Diego, I was like, we will see Barbie this week. Right. right. Every single screening was gone. Oh. Like I was at night, unless I want to sit in the very front row. I was like on my phone and I'm like, okay, let's go on Wednesday night. Or gone. Okay, let's go Thursday night. Gone. I was like, well, let's go tonight then. Gone. I was like, oh my God. And so I started being like, and I'm really glad that like Barbie and Oppenheimer obviously like kickstarted the summer and they're doing Agreed. really well, right? Like it's awesome. Like, I'm like, great. People are going to the movie theater. They're going to see stuff. It really kind of kicked that up in me just even hearing about it where I was yeah. like, people are getting really excited about the movies. It made me want to go to the movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe I should get back into this. Cause I used to go to the movies. I swear when I was a kid, I must've gone to the movies twice a week. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That is not the case now. No, but uh, here was the thing that was surprising to me. So the other day, I was like, Haunted Mansion is opening this week. It's opening today. I'm going to go on a Thursday showing at 3 p.m. 
I'm going to go okay. because obviously I'm obsessed with the Haunted Mansion. And I, I really want to go watch this movie. I'm going to support this thing that I love. Yeah. Three o'clock Thursday showing sold out. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Yeah. For Haunted Mansion. Like, what? not that it's, you know, but seriously. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> for Haunted Mansion. No, but it made me be like, oh, my God. Like, people are going. People are going to the movies. And so that was cool. But yeah, I'm going to try to figure this out. I'm, I'm going to figure out something between now and the next two weeks. I'm going to try to see all these movies. So the next time we talk, the next time we talk, we're going to talk about the spoiler for everybody. Next time we talk, we're going to mostly talk about Batman and Robin. But maybe we'll talk about a bunch of movies. Because if you yes. see Barbie, then we can talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer. And we can talk about maybe talk about Haunted Mansion. Right. Uh, I'm. I didn't see the original. The original Haunted Mansion. I didn't see the Eddie. The Murphy last one. one. Yeah, yeah the last yeah. one in the theater. I watched it later. Um, and actually, I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like of with many things, I have a lot of opinions. Oh sure. <laughs> <laughs> now you wrote the miniseries, right? I did. I wrote the miniseries, uh, and I just did a, a, a newsletter today about it. We just we just posted a newsletter where I talked about the uh, the Haunted Mansion comic book and how. Uh, important was that I wanted to do it because I've been pitching it for years and I sure. kept saying oh, and then I was able to finally get it. Um, what was funny about that was like I found out and, I, and I, again I told the newsletter Disney Publishing knew how much I loved Haunted Mansion. Marvel found out because we were doing one of these. We are doing like a video thing for yeah. them uh, back in 2015 was to promote a Marvel, a couple of Marvel things I was working on. Yeah. But did like a short video with them. And my old, old office, this is like three offices ago, maybe more than that. Um, in the backdrop, I had all this Haunted Mansion stuff. You could see it on the uh, shelves. And so somebody at Marvel was like, you know, really those Haunted Mansion is Josh. And so I ran to them and I was like at a convention. And I'm like, yeah, like if that's ever an option, if that's ever an option. And they're like, well, we don't know. You know, we talk about stuff. They'd already done a couple things with Disney. But they were like, if it's ever an option, I would love to do Haunted Mansion. And so uh, when the time came to finally talk about it, Marvel was like, we have one name. They were like, my name. They were like, we're going to try for you and see what happens. Because sometimes they had to go through a process, right? It's a process. And they went to Disney and they were like, we have a writer that wants to do it. And Disney was like, well, we want Josh Williamson to do it. Disney (laughs) told them. That's awesome. And they were like, that's who we have. And they were like, yes. And I remember Axel Alonso told me, he was like, that has never happened before. It, was like, <laughs> it made my life so much easier. They wanted you. We wanted you. We were good to go. Let's no go. argument. That's great. Um, and I actually found out I got the job while I was in Disneyland. Oh, my God. Yes. I was actually in line for a Space Mountain. But <laughs> oh, oh, if only like, you had been on the ride. If I had been in the ride, that would have been super weird. I feel like yeah. that would have been like, okay. Grant is right. We're living in a simulation. (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, okay, all right, guys, the jig is up. You You got me. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a little bit too much of a coincidence. Your storytelling skills are all on the nose. We got to rewind and redo some of this. um, (laughs) Yeah, we workshop this. Yeah, we got to take over, go back to the whiteboard on this one. No, I was on the Space Mountain. And then, so I was on the Space Mountain. They told me I got the job, and I was like, that's great. And then one week to the day, I got the job on the flash. Oh, literally it was like the next Tuesday. I was oh Tuesday God. in Disneyland, got the email. You're doing Haunted Mansion. Great. And I was like, Oh man, my schedule is going to be a mess. One week later, <laughs> Dan Dio was like, well, I remember it was funny because, um, I got the job on the flash 
you know, from like Jeff and Brian Cunningham, and then they're the ones who made the job in the Flash. And then I saw Dan, and Dan was like, "Oh, by the way, it's gonna be a double ship." Oh, and I was like, "A double ship?" And I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, right? "Oh, man, I am screwed." And yeah. that has been the beginning of me being screwed since. Yes, just <laughs> always writing too much. But uh, speaking of that, I should go. I should go write some comic books. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, but uh, to be continued. Definitely, definitely. Folks, Talk thanks so much for later. watching. Josh, thanks for being here. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time with all new episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and check out Josh's Substack in the description down below. So long, everybody.